Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 302, Exercising and Turkey Hunting, with Lindsay Persico. And I am your co-host, and... The guy who is, oh, about two hours from loading up the fishing kayak in the boat and going fishing with his nephew. And I'm your co-host. And the guy who got to borrow a really big zero-turn mower and is very happy to have used it because my yard looks fantastic right now. Cool. I'm going to do another one. And I am your co-host. And the guy who is casually looking at new houses and fell in love with a house that had two different groups of bachelor bucks with six to seven bucks in each group. One group in one neighbor's yard and one group in the other neighbor's yard on either side of the house. And of those, oh, 10 to... 13 or 14 bucks, about four of them were shooters. Holy cow. So you already put the down payment down? 
I've got the cash laid out, <laughs> which is a lie because I'm in the mortgage business. I don't pay cash for anything. I finance everything I can, but I'm, I'm ready. I've got all the money laid aside. All I have to do is convince Tammy that she likes this house as much as I do. <laughs> I don't even similar. like the house. Well, I do like I, I Okay. I like aspects about the house, but it is not the house. It is not the house that makes me want to leave the house that I live in now, except that these deer are traveling through the backyard of this house. Literally, I'm being dead serious. Literally four feet from the corner of the house. There's a window in the basement that you could just open right on up, sit there with your air rifle, or I could sit there with my air rifle or you could sit there with a bow or a crossbow and just whack them. Man. That's my kind of hunting right there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's about as sporty as it gets. And, you know, hopefully you spine him so he just falls right there. You don't even have to go track him. <laughs> well, no, I want him to run up to the driveway because oh, you know, yeah. I'll need to Tie clean him somewhere. Tie his legs into, into the rope so he, you can go ahead and hoist him up. That'd be yeah. ideal. Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. I could actually set up a boat winch and a little cleaning area underneath the deck, and the deck is right above this corner of the house where they walk by. So, yeah, a spine shot would be perfect. Yeah. Or, I mean, you could just set the trap to where when he steps in it, it strings him up already, and then you go shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, I've always... I've always said, you know, if somebody was really smart and wanting to sell me a house, like when I came to look at it, just put a recording of a turkey gobbling in the woods, you know, across the street or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'd be a blank check in their hand in no time with my name signed on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no doubt. But that's pretty but, cool. I mean, is, is that something you're seriously considering or is it? No, no, uh, it's not. We, it was, it is a very nice house and it is right on the outskirts of the area that we want to be in Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we're interested in and one of the reasons that we're even looking at houses is that at some point in time good lord willing she lives long enough we're gonna have to move my mother-in-law in in with us Mm -hmm. and this place has an amazing apartment in the basement i mean really really super nice washer and dryer down there a full kitchen, a separate entrance, daylight basement. I mean, just really nice. But the main living area leaves a little bit to be desired. So we're going to skip that one. And, you know, when I say we're casually looking, it is going to be the house that causes us to sell this one because we're not in a hurry. Yeah, it's going to have to be forever and really nice. You know, yeah. if you're not motivated, then it kind of you can take your time. So that's good. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So cool. are you going to be a buyer of a zero turn sometime soon? Man, I wish, but I'll probably have to sell my house to get one of, of these <laughs> deals. But my gosh, man, I, I feel like I was rolling about 40 miles an hour. I mean, grass clippings flying, you know, 20 yards out the mower. It, it was it was pretty amazing. Like a car was driving by next to me and I just floored it and flew past him. Mower. <laughs> so... <laughs> What usually takes me hours, I mean, you know, Audrey's inside. I come in after like 15 minutes, and I'm like, all right, I'm done. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, go look at it. <laughs> so it, I will say, they are nice. Very, very nice. You but know, at you some point, 
you've got to look at it and say, I can't afford to not buy one. I don't know what at what point that'll be, but I guess, uh, I don't know. That's a lot of money to spend on mowing. I, I feel like at that point, I could just pay someone else to mow it and probably pay them for 10 years rather than buy a mower. That is very true. So It's always a trade-off, but I, I got lucky and my mower broke down, so I borrowed this one's my dad's mower that he bought because he's got a lot of yard to mow, and it is... It is slick. I'm telling you, I passed that car. Like, I think I shocked them as much as anybody. <laughs> they were rocking, and then I just came flying past them on a mower while still mowing. Like they were standing still. <laughs> Grass, dust flying everywhere, and I just come blazing by. Yeah. So, pretty cool. We got a good episode today, I know. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Oh. And it's a, it's a lengthy one because, well, we had a lot of questions for our guest. Yeah, heck yeah. And... So that's uh, this is a topic that we can all relate to and probably should take note of when we're how far from turkey season? Mm, we are 219 days, 17 hours, 48 minutes, and 38 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And we are 233 days, 17 hours, and 34 minutes and zero seconds until opening day in the great volunteer state. Very cool. So today, for you guys listening, we have with us Lindsay Persico. And Lindsay is the fitness guru. She is big time into exercising, staying fit, eating healthy. But more importantly, she is also a big time hunter. So we're going to tie in the benefits of exercise to hunting and talk a good bit about that. And we get to hear some, well, we get to hear a lot about some of her hunts and how she prepares for them and that yeah. kind of thing. So it's, it's really cool. And, you know, you guys who may not be into exercising or maybe you're all into it, it doesn't matter. You're going to enjoy this episode because we have a great guest joining us for this one. So, Cameron, what do you say we jump in and get going with this one? Yeah, let's go ahead and jump in there. And if you're planning to go to the mountains or just want to get in better shape, I think you ought to listen to this one. It's really a good one. I think we all can take something from this. So, we'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am excited to tell you that Cameron and I are here today with Lindsay Persico. And Lindsay is the fitness guru. And she is joining us today to talk to us about some things that we can do to get in shape and stay in shape for turkey season that will actually help us to be better turkey hunters. And, you know, this is something that Cameron and I are pretty passionate about. And it really, and I'm now talking to both of you, but I'm going to give you a good greeting here, Lindsay, in just a second. But really for me, it is the reason that I exercise and work out is that's turkey hunting. There's no other reason. I'm married. You know, what does it matter if I put on a few pounds? I'm already losing my hair. You know, she's bought in. It's too late for her. But the turkeys, it's never too late for the turkeys. I've got to stay in good shape for them. So we're going to talk all about this <laughs> as we go on through the interview with Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. Cameron and I are really excited about having you on the show and getting to pick your brain. So thanks for that. 
tell us how you are and where you are today. Thank you for having me on, first of all. I am in the western part of the state of Montana. My husband and I are very passionate about hunting. Turkey hunting is part of what we love to do. We hunt a lot of things here. Montana has a lot to offer, so we get to spend most of the months out chasing something, and Montana is a rugged state. We have a lot of mountains. We have a lot of elevation changes, and a lot of the big game that we hunt, we have to pack out from some rough country. So fitness for our hunting is really important, which is one of the reasons why I've become so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really important up in the mountains. And like you said, you know, the big game that you're hunting, you're not shooting much of it, if any of it, right next to a road. And you just back the truck up there, throw it in the back of the truck and go to the house and clean it. So, yeah, your type of hunting mm-hmm. is work. Yeah. Even the hunting itself is work. You've got to pack a lot of stuff with you when, when you go back in. So just getting into where you're going to start hunting is oftentimes a lot more work than than you'd realize. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the amount of gear you're probably carrying for a big game hunt would be far superior, I would think, to even just a turkey hunt. Yeah, we usually have to bring, if we aren't going back in to pack in and stay in, for a bit and hunt then and we don't have all those types of things we have to have to spend the night in the woods we we at least have to have all the gear for the hunt and then and then emergency gear because you can get in trouble back in the woods back there you have to be prepared to take care of yourself so there's always a lot of things that come along on a hunt like that yeah yeah what were you going to say about the topo camera i was just going to say if you look at the i just pulled up a topo map of western montana you better be in good shape living out there i, I was <laughs> just to, if you're going to walk down the street you better be in good shape <laughs> yeah we live up on quite a hill and i do my a lot of my exercising that is that involves outdoors and hiking i do just right here in town because there's steep hills here i can train on and they don't have to go into the mountains and do it yeah, I wouldn't think you'd struggle too hard to find a good-sized hill to run up and down. Nope. <laughs> it'd uh, be a little more difficult for me over here uh, running through the cotton fields of West Tennessee. It's a little more flat, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to go find stairs somewhere. Yeah, go to the football stadium. Yep. Uh, there's no air conditioning in the football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not outside either. <laughs> you got to practice like you're going to play. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, that's too good. So you have a website that you promote and uh, are pretty active on, and you're also on social media. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your website and also tell us how the listeners can find you on social media because I know after we pick your brain about exercise and fitness, you know, they're going to want to follow you and probably have some questions for you as well. Okay. Well, I I started my website just because I have a passion for the outdoors and a passion for hunting specifically. And a lot of times people have seemed to enjoy just hearing the stories or kind of getting a chance to come along on an adventure that they might not get to go on themselves. So I started that website. It's called huntfiber.com. And on there, I just share hunting stories sometimes inspiration that comes to my mind. I enjoy writing. So I I put a little bit of tidbits of everything that's going on in my life on there, but I also share wild game recipes and then sometimes podcast links. I've had an opportunity to do quite a few podcasts, so you can find other interviews that I've been on. Some of them are on there too. 
And then I started the social media. Everything is either Lindsay Persico Hunt Fiber or just Hunt Fiber. If you search for it, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And then I also have a YouTube channel where I try to share either some of our hunts, some of the outdoor things I take my family to go do. And then I put some recipes and stuff on there as well. Yeah. Very cool. Is there a social media platform that you like or or are more active on than any others? Oh, they're all so different, but I, I spend most of my time, I'd say, on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, okay. I pretty much put everything on all of them, though, because so, there's some people that just don't go to one or the other, and I figure that way, wherever they are, they can find it. Yeah. Well, that's good, because I have learned that I pretty much hate them all. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Their time sucks. <laughs> they yep, they want yeah. to take all of your time. And, you know, I, I don't mean this in the wrong way because I do like to be around people who have different opinions and different hobbies and, you know, different ways of thinking than I do. But on social media, you can't have a discussion about any of that stuff. You know, it's... it's Very rare. Yeah, sure. it always seems to turn into an argument. And so... I'm, I find it harder and harder to surround myself on social media with people who have the same interests and thoughts that I do so that it does not turn into any kind of an argument because we can't discuss things on there. But anyway, now now I'm digressing and we're getting way off topic, but... <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Cameron, did you have the first question for Lindsay today? Yeah, I mean, the... Uh... First thing I was going to ask is, and this is verbatim what a listener messaged me and asked us to do a topic on. He asks, what's your off-season training program look like to stay in shape for hunting? And that's kind of a broad question. And then we'll dive in, probably get a little more specific. But just overall, I mean, what do you, you know, are you exercising once a week, every day of the week? You know, what, what does that look like for you when you're not on a hunt? Well, for me, I try to keep it pretty much the same all throughout the year, just because one thing I've found when dealing with fitness is it's way easier to maintain a fitness level than it is to lose it and gain it back. It's a lot harder to go back to where you were. It's much easier to just keep a consistent program going and stay at a fitness level. And I just generally try to keep my fitness stuff the same. When I'm hunting during hunting season, I still don't change it really. Um, I just, if I can't get to my workouts because I'm off hunting, then that's fine. I just drop those days because usually I'm getting a fair amount of exercise if I'm out hunting and I don't really need to try to supplement that. But I always include about five days a week of fitness training. Every day has some element of cardio to it. And I rotate between two different forms of cardio that are kind of specific to what I need out here hunting. And then every day has a strength training session and core work. Core work is really vital. Yeah. So do you use like weights for your strength training or are you doing kind of body weight exercises? Are you talking about like resistance type stuff, Cameron? Yeah. Like, you know, like, are you just doing push-ups for an exercise or are you doing like a bench press, you know, or squats with your body weight? Or are you putting, you know, holding dumbbells or what? I do a combination of both. So I've created my workouts to be everything that I can do from home or outside. So I don't have to go to a gym. I just don't mm -hmm. have time to go to a gym. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to take that time. I would spend traveling back and forth and just put it into my workout here at home. So 
I have a combination of dumbbells. I do have a barbell with a few weights that I don't use super often. I can do most of my stuff with either body weight or with dumbbells. And I've found that free weights, once you've learned the proper techniques for, for a certain movement and you can do it properly without injuring yourself, using dumbbells actually gives you an even better workout because you're forced to stabilize your body while you're moving that dumbbell instead of sitting in a machine that holds everything in place for you. So I prefer to use free weights when, when I work out. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've taken that same approach myself because you're kind of indirectly working your core and your central nervous system and all kind of stuff that you don't work as much with the machine is how exactly. I Exactly. You have to use I've, your balance to, to keep yourself where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And that, that works a whole lot of stuff that is important. You need all those types of things. You need balanced training. You need your body needs all that. It's just not quite the same. If you're just working on trying to build bulk of a muscle, then using a machine will accomplish that for you, but you're not going to get all the benefits that you would from a free weight. Yeah. Be more athletic, I guess, using free weights. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is your, you know, next week, you know, it's uh, what, what, what's your schedule going to look like exercise wise? You know, like, do you work out every day? Or are you, you know, most people have like either a three-day program, four-day, five-day. How, how does I your usually, program? I usually try to do a five-day program where I rotate back and forth. I, I do a lot of rucking. I put a 65-pound sandbag in my backpack and I go hike with it. Um, that, to me, is the best way to replicate what I'm going to be doing in the mountains. So yeah. I try to do that three days a week, three, three rucks a week. And then between each ruck, I do a rowing session. Um, I do have a rowing machine in my house, and I found that that works so many different muscle groups, and it can also get your cardio going a little bit, and it's at about the level that I need it to be for, for the kind of hiking and stuff that I'm doing. So I do two rowing sessions a week and three rucks, and then I have a core workout that I do every single day. That's not always recommended. Sometimes it's better for people to – have a day in between to let their muscles rebuild a little bit before they break them back down. But my core, I've been working out for so long and my core is so strong that I feel like I have to work it every day to really get much, <laughs> much out of it. Yeah. So I do that routine every day. And then I rotate between an upper body strength training session. And one day I'll do upper body and then the next day I'll do lower body. And I just rotate through those three days a week. So usually I train, my upper body three days a week, lower body two days a week, just because my rucking and my rowing works my lower body so much as it is. Yeah, that's true. So like Monday, you would do an upper body ruck and a core exercise? Correct. Wow. Okay. Pretty intense. And then Tuesday, I would switch over to the <laughs> rower and I would do a lower body workout and then my core workout again. Yeah. And then you kind of rotate back and forth that way. Yeah. Very cool. What is a typical core exercise session look like for you? I used to try to incorporate more weights into my core workouts, but recently I have come to come upon a core workout that that involves all body weight movement and it's continuous so you don't you don't get a rest in between and it really works my core better than anything I've found yet. I'll basically do I rotate between 10 reps through a, a variety of movements. I'll do 10 setups then I'll do 10 leg lifts, then I'll do 10 more sit-ups, and then 10 um, flutter kicks, and then 10 more sit-ups, and then 10 of another exercise. And it goes through 
to where you end up doing like 250 repetitions or something. And, and without a break, it just burns your core out. <laughs> it's, it's been the, it's been the best one I've found so far. So I've been working on that, but I adjust my routines. I do things for a while and then, you know, your body adapts to it. That's the point of exercise. You get used to what you're doing and your body adapts. So you want to keep switching it up to keep challenging your body. So at some point I'll move on from that. I I'm hoping to work that up to where I can do 25 reps of each mod before I move on. And that'll take me a while. So I'll probably be doing the score workout for quite a while, but everything does have a tendency to change as I go. Yeah. yeah. So if you, what, what's your favorite thing to hunt where you like elk, would that be like a big hunt that you would go on? Yeah. Elk hunting is probably the most, Physically demanding. Okay, probably what we put the most time and effort into, and it can be the most physically demanding. I, I do a lot of predator hunting in the winter, and when I predator hunt, it's very deep snow, so I'm snowshoeing into the mountains, and that's extremely oh. physical. Um, but for prolonged hunting, it would probably be the elk hunting for sure. So let's say you have a big elk hunt coming up where you know you're about to really be hitting it the week before that, are you adjusting anything or are you doing your exact same routine? No, I'm kind of a hard-headed person and I, <laughs> <laughs> I just put my head down and I do what I feel like is the best thing for me to do. And I, I don't change things much. I'm not, I know that there's a lot of people that are involved in fitness that get into the, into very nuanced, small, small aspects of affecting their training. Like, you know, they may change their diet a week in advance to something or, and that's great. That's, they've figured it down to a real science and they know exactly what they're doing. I, I, I'm a busy mom. I have three kiddos. I have all the work that I try to do online. I'm very active in my family and my community. I'm a busy person. And so I've tried to figure out what I can do the most that I can possibly do towards my fitness and and maintain it and then i just put my head down and i go for it and i can't i don't have time to overthink it too much <laughs> yeah. so i keep it the same i just do what i i make my my workout plan my schedule what i'm hoping to accomplish and i just work on that and if i can't fit it in for a hunt i figure that's okay but i try to make it a priority and i try to get as many of them in as i can throughout the year and i look at it as an investment in my future hunt because if I the amount of time that I put into my workouts is going to directly affect how far and how hard I can go out in the woods so every time I think about skipping a workout or every time I think about you know oh this might be more important than my workout today I think oh but if I do that that might keep me from going one more ridge over in my hunt mm -hmm. and maybe that's where that big bull's going to be maybe that's where you know, the wolf pack is going to be whatever it is. I use that as my motivation. But when it comes yeah. down to the the nuanced details of, of, you know, a program where I'm adjusting from week to week or whatever, I don't do that. I keep it very basic, and I just try to hit it as hard as I can. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and really for you and where you hunt, not being in good physical shape, can make the difference between life or death in some situations. And so, you know, it can. I think that, you know, at least for me and, uh, okay. I'm, I know I'm not special when I say this because we all have this. At least I think we do. There's days when we wake up and we say, I'm not working out today. Just not up to it. Don't feel like it. I have, you know, I have to go brush my teeth. And so I don't have time right. to do it. <laughs> but, we can always find a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. But we we can't 
let that be it, you know, and, and so if, you know, I, I can see for what, for where you hunt and the type of hunting that you do and the time of year that you do it, you know, your workouts, physical workouts also help you prepare mentally in knowing that you've got to push through. You don't have a choice, you know, so whereas, you know, those of us down in the South who were hunting in December, January, and February when it's 40, 50, 60 degrees and, you know, we're, oh, a good long three or 400 yard walk from the four wheeler, the (laughs) ATV, the, you know, or the pickup truck or camp, you know, we don't necessarily have to push through that as hard. So, you know, I, I can see where working out, exercising for you helps you mentally to toughen up and be ready for the hunts. And there are no excuses once you get out there. I mean, it's, you know, you can't get you, five miles from your you camp and just say I quit. Right. You can't fake it once you get out there in the woods. What you get out there with, your fitness level that you come into that element, to that environment with, is what you have. And there's no faking it once you're there. So if you have faked it in the gym or you've, you know, slacked off at home on your workouts, it's going to follow you into the woods. And that is a risky a risky environment for you to be bringing that kind of a mindset into. I've had plenty of times where I've hiked myself in, like like I said, I snowshoe in for, for predator game hunting up into the mountains. It's uphill snowshoeing in, and it's a lot of work. It's hard work. And I've gotten hours into a hunt and realized, you know, it's going to get dark soon. I need to turn around because I've got hours to hike out of here, and I'm tired. I might be, you know, feeling it in one of my hips or feeling it in one of my ankles or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what? You just have to put your nose down to the grindstone and go because there's no other way of getting out of there. That's what you have. That's what you have in front of you, and you have to knock it out. And working out is one way to really challenge the mind in that way. It is as much building the mind as it is building the body because it's miserable. It's never fun. Working out isn't supposed to be fun. If you if it's fun when you're working out, you're probably not getting that great of a workout. Yeah. <laughs> so as you're pushing yourself mentally to work out, you're gaining strength in that area too, and it definitely does carry over. I know for me, I hunt with my dad a lot in Idaho, and my dad's older. He's not he's in great shape and I don't have to worry about him. But at the same time, he's an older man. And there's, there's always an element of risk when you're out hunting for anybody at any age. But as you get older, there's other risks that come into play. He could have a heart attack while we're out there. Am I physically fit enough to help my dad get out of the woods? I might not just have to get myself out of the woods. I might have to get an injured hunter out of the woods or an injured family member or somebody that's struggling. I look at it as it's on me to put everything I have into my workouts at home so that when I get out there, I'm the most capable version of myself that I can be. And I take that really seriously. Yeah. Yeah. How how do we, you know, and here's the thing for those people out there listening who may not be exercising right now, who say, you know, I really need to get into this, you know, it's not only going to help me be better when I'm hunting, but it'll make me feel better, it'll make me look better, you know, all the reasons for doing it, but getting started doing it is the hardest part. How can we overcome that mental block or, you know, the mental part of getting into a regular routine? Would you recommend starting out slowly or going hardcore and just, you know, that not totally hardcore, but, you know, pushing yourself (laughs) 
to an extent. Uh, and then, you know, working through the mental and physical parts of it the next day and, you know, day one and day two afterwards. What what are your recommendations there? I would encourage people who are new at it to take it slow to an extent. One of the really important things to remember is that anything that you're doing more than what you did yesterday is good. Some people, when they first start getting into fitness, they feel this pressure to to do a ton. And that's just not practical, especially for your body or for your mind, because you're not used to it. You're not used to that level of strain. You're going to hurt. You can hurt yourself if you jump into it too fast. You try to do too much at a time and you'll burn yourself out. It happens a lot for folks who get into fitness early in the stages of it. They try to do too much at once and, and they just get burned out and then they quit. It's better to start slow and start simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. If you're not into fitness, you haven't been working out, if you start walking every day, just walking, it doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be going and doing hill sprints. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. But go on a purposeful walk every day um, and maybe add each week, add some distance to your walk. One of the wonderful things about doing that is you'll realize how good it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. It does something for your brain. And if you can get the, the key to really getting focused on fitness and dedicated to it is getting addicted to it. <laughs> and that happens yeah. when you start to feel that endorphin rush that you get from working out. And you can start that just by walking, adding walking into your day. You're going to start looking forward to that walk and you're going to start needing it and wanting it. And that can build into more. The other thing that I also have tried to encourage people to remember is if you start doing muscle building, strength training, workouts, things like that, you're going to get sore. Your body's going to get sore and that's uncomfortable and it hurts. And sometimes people don't like that. But if you push past that, you'll start to see the benefits of it and you'll start to realize, oh, this is a a momentary discomfort. It goes away. There's nothing on me that's injured. It's not hurting me. It's building me. And you'll, you'll grow to be able to appreciate that feeling as well. I know I have, if I've worked out really hard and the next day I have a little bit of soreness, then I know I did a good job in my workout the day before, and it makes me feel good. I'm like, all right, I'm making progress. My muscles are going to grow. This is working. I'm doing a good job with this. Because sometimes that's when I know I need to switch up my routine. I'm too used to it. I'm not. I'm no longer really getting sore. I'm not feeling the benefits of it so much. And I've had people who got sore after the workouts, and they didn't like it. Scared them. They're like, I don't like this. I hurt. It doesn't feel good. But if you stretch, you take good care of your body, those types of things you can realize aren't such a downside to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you touched on something that's important. So let's dive a little bit deeper on that. And then, you know, maybe Cameron can get us back on track with our questions that we had for you. But <laughs> you mentioned stretching. And so what do you recommend stretching wise? Are you doing a, a light stretch and then kind of a warm up and then a good deep stretch and then your workout? How are you progressing into your workout with your stretching? And are you stretching afterwards as well, after your workout? I've noticed for me, the most important thing is that my muscles are warm before I really start working them. You don't want to injure yourself. And if you go straight into a strength training session or a really hard workout and your muscles are cold, you're more likely to pull something or injure something. So I've done more of an active type of a warm-up where I just move – you know, whether I'm doing some fast-paced walking or um, 
kind of doing more of a movement of a stretch where I'll twist my twist my upper body and kind of stretch and then twist the other way and stretch. I try to warm up my muscles. You can feel it when your body starts to warm up. Um, that kind of a stretch is more what I do at the beginning. I don't sit down and, and just static stretch out my muscles when they're cold. Some people like to do that, but that to me hasn't really seemed like it's very effective. I like to just get my body really warm at the beginning. Then once I've got my workout completed, at the end of the workout, I can tell what's feeling tight. There'll be, depending on what I've been working on that day, some areas are going to be tight. And if I feel tightness in an area, I'll like to stretch that out after my workout. The next day, if I'm feeling like one part is extra tense, I get a lot of tension up in my uh, shoulders and my upper back. Um, then I'll take a little time to rub those out. You can use like a foam roller, you can use like a tennis ball or whatever, trying to rub out those really stiff, tight areas and stretch those out, those specific spots. That's what I do. I don't have like a full body stretching routine that I do, but I do try to pay attention to the parts of my body that are showing me that they're, that they're taking this exercise a little harder than the rest and to give them a chance to stretch out and to, and to relax a little bit. And then, like I said, it is very important to be warm, warm, warm your body up, warm your muscles up. That way everything is a little bit more flexible and a little bit less likely to get injured. Yeah. Yeah. Those, the foam rollers, those things are, are amazing. They feel so good. You can do a lot. You can do a lot with those. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the tennis ball as well. You can really get like pinpoint focused on that area mm -hmm. in your back or shoulders or yeah. You know, right. And sometimes really those spots are small. That. Yeah. Those small those areas that are really bothersome are little. <laughs> right. so you need something that really really kind of focuses in on that area, but yeah. So you, you do turkey hunt a lot. We talked before the show. You do also turkey hunt, not just big game. So you obviously know how to go about turkey hunting. For someone who wants to do a big turkey hunt and come out to Montana and hunt them in the, in the mountains out there, I mean, what muscle groups would you say they need to be focusing on if they have, you know, two or three months to get in shape for that big hunt? You know, they're going to come hunt turkeys for a week in Montana. What Okay. What muscle groups would be most important, you think? Hey, hey, Lindsay, there's yeah. a selfish reason why he's asking that question. <laughs> so is this like personal no. advice for you? <laughs> and, and where would you go? Uh, <laughs> can, you, can you drop him a pin uh, on GPS? Onyx where the tree yeah. is that you would be yeah. seeing that? I'll give you a GPS location. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to assume if you're a turkey hunter, you already have, I don't know, do you archery hunt for turkeys? Do you, right, are you shotgun? Let's say hunting? we're shotgun hunting for turkeys in the spring. Okay. Most of the time for folks that come out here from out of state, the hardest part of the hunt for them is going to be the elevation. So your lungs and then the mountains. And prepping for the mountains, there's really no better way to do it than climbing. But a lot of people will use if you're in a gym setting, they have the stair machine. You can put a weighted pack on and go work on the stair machine. That's going to build your, your leg strength and your core strength. It's important to have that core work, too. You don't want to just sit on a machine and work your leg muscles because having strong legs is one thing, but being able to balance as you're hiking is really important. A lot of times out here, you're on a hill and you're side hilling, so you're not even on a flat surface. You've got to be – your legs – you have to build those muscles that you use to stabilize yourself with a backpack on on a hill. And that's really hard to replicate, but 
you can do the best you can with what you've got when you whether you have stairs or you have some hills nearby that you can go put a backpack on and go hike on them try try to hike on them sideways side hill with it it's a whole different movement for your body uh, another thing to consider is going downhill when you go up inevitably you have to come back down yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot harder actually hiking downhill with a backpack on than you might imagine it works a totally different it, it works your muscles and your legs totally differently than than the way you use them to hike up the hill so it's important that you replicate that. You want to think about the environment you're going to be in and try to mimic that as best you can where you are. Um, hill training, I say put the backpack on, not for the weight on your legs so much. It does help with that, but it helps you with the core. It is yeah. important to be able to work your core and get those stability, those stabilizing muscles have to be trained. Otherwise, you're going to be fighting those mountains. The other thing that you want out here is is to work on your cardio, on your wind. I've found that when I ruck with my pack, I can walk up the hills and I don't need any other form of cardio. <laughs> Walking up the hills with my with my pack on, I get winded and it's a great it's a great cardio training session. And I also use the rowing machine for that. But some people like to run. You can go running. There's all different ways you can you can get cardio in, whatever your preferred method is. I like to try to combine my workouts as much as possible so that I can get the biggest bang for my buck, which is why I do the rucking because it gets me core work. It gets me strength training. I can go long distances and I also get my cardio. And I figure, man, if I'm getting all that in one workout, saving yeah. myself a lot of time. Yeah. Do you, I'd like to get your opinion on this and you may just have no opinion on it, but you live out there. So you're used to the high altitude. If you were somebody from, you know, a flatlander from over here in the Southeast, would one of those high altitude mask things be worth it? Or do you think that's just a waste of money? You know what I'm talking you know, about? I do. I, I do. And I have looked into those. And you know what? I can't tell you from personal experience whether or not it would help because I've never done it, but I don't see how it wouldn't benefit you in some ways. It's not going to, it's what it, I, so from my limited understanding of how they work, it seems to me that it just enables your body to learn and, and adapt to functioning with a lower level of oxygen. And there's no way that that's not going to make it a little bit easier for you in my mind. I can't say that hundred percent for sure. I've not tried it. I haven't talked to anybody that actually has tried it and come out here and hunt to give you like a, an actual, you know, hands-on opinion on it. But it seems to me that it should help. It seems to me that it should make somewhat of a difference. Yeah. I, my brother just got one. He's going on a big elk hunt in Colorado. So he got one. So maybe I could report back with his findings. Yeah. I would love to hear what he thinks. I'd love to hear some hands-on, some people that have actually tried it, what they think. Cause I've looked at them and it makes sense to me. The science behind it makes sense to me, but that doesn't yeah. mean it carries over into the field. And I would love to hear, I'd love to hear somebody that actually yeah. took it out and tried it. That's what I actually suggested it to him. I have no experience with it, but I was like, I mean, that's got to be the closest thing you can get to the real thing when you go to a high altitude, go work out with that thing on. So, plus, one of the things I, I don't know if this is smart or not. I do things that come to my mind sometimes because I think, oh, I'm going to try this. And who knows? Maybe it's dumb. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it, but I do. <laughs> I, I went hiking with my ruck pack up a really steep mountain just for exercise. And I decided that I wasn't going to breathe through my mouth. I was going to breathe through my nose and I wasn't going to go any faster than 
then I could breathe through my nose. And it was an, it was a challenge for me mentally. It was a mental challenge to mm-hmm. do it, but I think it was good for me. I think it was good for my body. You can find creative ways to make your workouts more challenging and to see where you're really at when it comes to your oxygen intake and all that stuff. You can kind of experiment. I wouldn't be afraid to try things like that. Just, just to see where you're at, to see how challenging it makes it for you. It, it was a reduced, you know, level of oxygen. And it, it took away some of the focus on my legs. <laughs> oh, I didn't feel the burn in the legs so much because I was focusing so much on my breathing. But this is an interesting yeah. thing to experiment with. Yeah, you forgot all about how bad the legs were hurting because you're trying to breathe. Right. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, don't breathe through my mouth. And uh, yeah. luckily, those masks are pretty fashionable right now anyway, so you can just That's wear That's right. A lot of people crazy. have to wear them anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's something that a lot of, like, short, the the speed athletes do when they're working out is, you know, running 100 meters, and they'll run the 100 meters and never take a breath. They'll hold their breath the entire time during the run. So, you know, things like that, you know, for people who are, you know, I probably, I'm no expert, but I probably wouldn't recommend doing it on day one. But if you're doing the stair stepper or climbing the stairs in your local high school stadium, you may not want to do it day one, hold your breath and, (laughs) you know, climb one row of the stairs but as you develop and you're you're finding that doing those stadiums is a little bit easier on you then you know you may want to mix some of that in you You can get creative into trying to make things more of a challenge you want your body to adapt start out at a lower level your body will adapt you have to find a way to increase the difficulty so that your body can continue to adapt and you can get creative with that one of the other things i try to encourage people to do is just for time's sake um, if, if you don't have very much time in your day, just look for a few things in your day that you do in the easiest way possible and just try to make those tasks a little bit harder for yourself. It gets you a little bit of a workout in. People always say, you know, it's cliche, but in, park a little farther away from the store when you go to get your groceries. So you have to walk farther or take the stairs instead of the elevator. You can do that in a lot of ways. You can, you can, you know, make, instead of trying to take all the groceries in, at once, take one bag at a time. Just make yourself walk back and forth a little bit more. You can find ways of making things harder. I oftentimes in my day, I look for ways, the harder way to do something, and I do it, and people think I'm just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not because I'm dumb. It's just because I know, I know that if I work my body the most I can right now, it's going to carry on with me longer. And I want to be as fit and as strong and as capable as, as I can, as long as I can. So I look for ways to just fit in a little bit of exercise, to fit in some difficulty and not always try to find the easiest way of doing something. Yeah. Well, that grocery thing is never going to happen with me. My goal in life is to (laughs) bring a week's worth of groceries after my wife goes grocery shopping, bring a week's worth into the house in one trip. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yeah, that's what most people do. (laughs) I'm training for that moment. Yeah. She keeps surprising me and bringing stuff home like a watermelon you know, a case of bottled like, water. Bring that in at once. <laughs> yeah, that with forty-two grocery bags is never going to happen. Then it's oh, yeah. just a mental game. There, you're str- you're strengthening your mind at that point because that's a puzzle. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I, like I need a lot of help with that. Well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of groceries, how much does 
you know, food, dieting, I would say for me, I love working out. Like, I absolutely love it. But the more mental fortitude hits me with the, the food portion of, of my life. Do you have any suggestions on like nutrition in the off season or, or during hunting season? I mean, what do you, is that a big part of your life too? That is a really big thing for me for a few reasons. I have an autoimmune disease. It's called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I did a lot of research when I first was diagnosed with it. And I found that a lot of people with that condition do better when they eat no grain and no sugar. And it took me quite a while to be able to adapt to that diet because I love sugar Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I love bread, but I have adapted to that. And when I started eating with no grain and no sugar, it really simplified my food. It's basic food. It's fruits, it's vegetables, it's nuts and seeds, meat. It's good food. It's not a lot of times when people think about dieting, they think about depriving themselves. And I, with the foods that I have that I can eat, I don't feel deprived. It may be a little bit more work. I'm not tossing something in the microwave from the freezer, but the foods that I'm eating taste good. They're delicious. You can make amazing meals out of those ingredients. And I've learned to really appreciate how good I feel from it. It's a giant difference for me physically how I feel when I eat that way. And I've, and I know that for a lot of people, that's way too strict of a diet. If you're not required to cut out those things, I wouldn't recommend cutting out those things. But everybody can benefit from simplifying their food. If you eat more food from the way it grows, like a you know, raw fruits and vegetables, cook down, cook them if you want to have them cooked. It's important to sometimes cook some vegetables. Some vegetables don't have, you're not physically able to extract out some of the vitamins and nutrients that are in them if they haven't been cooked first. It's important to cook vegetables and eat raw vegetables. You need a variety of those. But if we look for foods that don't have a lot of ingredients and make them into a meal, that's going to benefit us. The fewer ingredients we have in our foods, the easier they are for our bodies to utilize what's in there. And And I've tried to get to the point where I look at food as fuel. I went last fall and I did a survival experiment in the Arctic and I was, I lived on moose meat for a month and it it gave me a lot of problems in the end that I had to overcome. But at the same time, I never felt better. I never felt better than when I was just eating moose meat. It was such a basic, simple food. My body was able to utilize it. Just moose meat, nothing else? Nothing else. I I had a handful (laughs) of berries here and there, but it was basically just moose meat. I, I lived up there for a month in the wild with nothing but the clothes on my back and a dead moose. So pretty much just moose meat. That's intense. I like it. And you yeah. felt good. The straight carnivore. I felt great. <laughs> I felt great. I wouldn't recommend it long term. I lost a lot of weight. It definitely wasn't something I could maintain while I was up there in that environment. And when I came back, I had a weird mental relationship with food. I struggled for a long time to be able to look at food as fuel. I just, my body wanted all the food. (laughs) It wanted everything. So I really had to work through that. That That was a difficulty for my mind to work through. But the simpler my diet is, the better I feel. When I keep it simple with just fruits and vegetables, meats, and nuts and seeds and i create meals out of those things i feel really good yeah very cool so that's the new you know you got keto you got paleo and now the moose meat diet i like it (laughs) moose meat (laughs) (laughs) moose meat is good if i had to pick one meat to live on that wouldn't be a bad one (laughs) 
<laughs> so you you talked about a lot of the exercises that you do at home, and I know now with COVID being an issue for almost the entire country, that going to the gym for a lot of people is not in the cards. What are, and and again, you talked about some of the things you do, but what are some of the things that you would recommend the listeners do that would and will make them feel better and perform better when they're out turkey hunting, whether it's flat ground or flat grounds or mountains? I mean, obviously cardio is big and we talked about that, but like specifically workout, you know, whether it's just using resistance bands or like you said, you know, working on your core some, what, what are some of the things that we could do there? There's so many ways that you can get a good workout in at home with minimal equipment. For me, my equipment is basically a rowing machine, which is not a requirement. It's an extra thing I have, but I worked out for years without my rowing machine. I have a pull-up bar. A pull-up bar is a great addition to a home workout setup. Uh, You can get the ones that you just hook it over your doorframe. That's what I have. Mm -hmm. That's a tool that I like to use that's easy and fairly inexpensive. Dumbbells are great, but even without any of those things, there are so many bodyweight exercises that you can do at home. If, if you Google bodyweight exercises and pull it up, you're going to find an endless supply of different exercises that you can do at home to work any muscle groups you could possibly think of. The most important thing for people to remember is, especially if you're new to working out, learning how to do exercises at home with the proper form is really important because you can injure yourself. You can injure yourself if you do the exercises incorrectly. But if you look for a reputable site that talks about the proper form for doing a workout, for doing a certain exercise, and you replicate that, you're going to be okay. <laughs> okay. But there's YouTube videos. There's, there's tons of resources for finding what you're looking for. Everybody's looking for something different. There's what's called HIIT workouts that it, they keep you at a high energy level as you rotate through different exercises and it it works your cardio as well as your muscle groups that might be a great thing for somebody that's trying to get everything in at once at home they don't have a lot of time they can't get out to the gym you can find a plethora of hit workouts on online but just adding in your basic bodyweight exercises your your push-ups and your pull-ups and your burpees and squats and if you add in a variety of those types of body weight exercises into your daily routine. If it's something you haven't been doing, you're going to feel it and you're going to reap some benefits from that. And it's going to carry over into your hunts. Yeah. And so then we can add things as we go, like, a you know, as we progress, like a weight vest and. Oh yeah. Or a backpack. If you backpack, yeah. You know, if, if you want to ruck, rucking is awesome. It does so many good things, but it is important that you have a good backpack when you do it. You want something that has a very dirty, strong waistband because when you have a weighted pack like that you want that weight to be on your hips not on your shoulders you don't want all that weight on your back that's bad for your spine not going to be good in the long run you want a, a, a pack that you can cinch that weight down onto that belt on your hips and then give yourself a little bit of a gap on your shoulders where your straps are coming across that way that weight's not just beaten down on your spine that's an important thing to remember. A good backpack is essential when you're doing rucking. Yeah. Aside from that, I mean, utilize your outdoors. Some people don't have a great 
outdoor area where they can go and work out. But if you do, that there's endless supply of exercise opportunities right there. You can go running. You can go walk if that's what, what your level's at right now. There's different things that you can do as you're walking. If you want to get all of your workout in outside, if you're cooped up at home and you just want to get out and get fresh air, you can go on a walk and incorporate lunges into your walk and incorporate some some stair stepping if there's, um, like you said, a stadium around or even if there's buildings around where there's stairs that go up into the building. Make yourself mm-hmm. go up and down those steps a few times. You can get creative and have fun with it. It's important to try to make your workout something that you can look forward to doing. And if it's a little bit interesting and it's not super boring, you're going to be more likely to want to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I know you said you keep your diet very simple. Do you take any supplements at all? Like do you do protein powders or pre-workouts or anything like that or a certain vitamin that you think's really good? I don't do any supplements for my workouts. I'm not opposed to that. I think that some of them can be really helpful for people. I do try to eat in a way that I get what I need. I eat a lot of protein. I really do. Well, yeah, but, you lived off moose meat. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a big fan <laughs> of protein. <laughs> I will rarely ever have a meal that doesn't include protein. That's just like one of my primary food groups. But I personally take vitamin D. Here where I'm at, almost everybody is low on vitamin D, and that's mm. been a big one for me. But no. I don't take anything that's that's a supplement for working out. Does that vitamin D, have you noticed, like, does that make you feel better? It does. I, it does. I. It helps me with my mood. It helps me with my energy levels. With Hashimoto's, you have a tendency to struggle with energy levels, and it does seem to help me with that. Hmm. Cool. Very good. So, I mean, the basic question, you think exercising in the off-season makes you a better hunter? Ah, yes, for sure. I think it makes you a better human in general. <laughs> it makes me a better human. If I don't work out, I turn into a nasty, gnarly, crazy person. I need it for my mental health and for the physical health of everyone around me. (laughs) So it's important for me in so many ways. And I know if I didn't do it and I tried to go out and hunt, it it would be so hard for me physically, for one thing, that I would have to dread parts of it. And I can't imagine dreading going hunting. It's my passion. I love it. I want to be excited about it and not be worried about how my fitness level is going to hinder me out there. And then if I was, hadn't worked out and it was hindering me out there, that would be depressing for me. It would just ruin my hunting season. I can't look at hunting without thinking about exercise. To me, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause it wouldn't be nearly as fun if you're gasping for air the whole time. No, no. And just, and it, and I've always felt like, Hey, if I'm with somebody hunting, I hunt a lot by myself, but I also hunt with my hubby and sometimes with my dad. And if they want to go to this mountain way over there, I want to be excited about it and want to go with them and not be like, no, I don't want to go over there. That's so far. Or it's so high. Or I don't want to do that. That's going to be too much for me. I want to be excited about it. I want to be able to fully immerse myself in that adventure and just take every part of it and enjoy it all. Even though it will be challenging, I want to be physically fit enough to where nothing looks like too much of an obstacle for me. All the options are on the table. Yeah. Lindsay, let's be honest. When you're looking at that mountain over there and you say, hey, I want to go over there, they are the ones, your husband and your dad are the ones going, oh, no, I don't want to go. It's too far. It's too high. But they're not going to say no. So. No. My hubby is, my hubby makes me sick. He he was in the military for six years and 
he's one of those guys where he hardly works out at all and he's still just a machine on the mountains and I look at him I'm just like I I love you but I hate you (laughs) (laughs) I wish that I wish it came seemed to come so easy for me but yeah he's hardcore out there and my dad is the one who started me from a very young age dragging me through those mountains and I had those feelings when I was a little kid I would see my dad I'd see his eyes I'd see them go to that mountain and I'd just be like oh no Uh oh Oh, no (laughs) here we go we're going to that mountain and we would go and it would be a struggle but it built that in me it built the desire to want to be like my dad and be able to look at that and be like let's go and just do it and I I have to give him credit for that because he's the one that instilled that love of that for, for me and and it's definitely grown from there and I'm I'm thankful we still get to go out and chase those chase those adventures together I'm going to do that as much as I possibly can yeah that's awesome so what's next for you you've got elk season coming up but is there anything between now and elk season oh yeah <laughs> so my dad my dad has an archery elk camp in Idaho every year, and I always get a deer tag for for that season. I can, If I have an Idaho deer tag during that season, I can also shoot a wolf or a bear over there. So I go over with him, and I film his hunts. And I have that tag in my pocket, and I could shoot a bear if we saw one or a wolf, or, um, or I could take a deer with my bow. So I've got that coming up in September. Then early on in October, before elk season starts, we got our antelope hunts over here. We, we drew our antelope tags oh, this yeah. year. and. I love hunting antelope. It's so much fun. It's such a different kind of hunt. So we'll get to do that. And then deer and elk season will open up. Nice. So tell me with the antelope, are you guys hunting watering holes? Are you, because you're archery hunting antelope, am I correct? No, we go over for rifle season. Oh, okay. We go for rifle season, yeah. All right. Yeah. An antelope hunt is a lot so, of fun. Oh man, so much fun! When we go over, it's a it's a high mountain prairie area. It's about seven thousand foot elevation, and it's wow. vast, wide prairie country. It's surrounded by mountains, and you can spot the herds running. Just massive numbers in these herds. They run over the hills, and it looks like ants just traversing the landscape. It's so cool, and you can see where they're headed. And we try to we'll try to head them off. We'll try to get in front of them, get ahead of them, see where the landscape kind of fun would funnel them. And we try Mm -hmm. to go to those areas and cut them off. So it's fun. It's a totally different kind of hunting than, than anything else we do. And I look forward to it whenever we get to go. Yeah. And you don't use any of the decoys when you're out there trying to maneuver. I wouldn't be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but um, we haven't ever tried it. I know it works for a lot of people very well, but. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious if you'd used any of those because that looks like a lot of fun. I see. It does. Yeah, I've seen people stalking up to an, an antelope with a decoy in front of them and shoot them at 50 yards or 40 yards with a bow. Right. That's pretty cool. Right. I think for archery hunting, that would maybe be an essential tool. Um, we often use the landscape because with rifle hunting, we we can get we don't have to get nearly as close, obviously, to the herds, but you you can use the landscape a lot of the time to, to get closer to them and try to get within range but yeah awesome yeah I, I didn't think about antelope because it is literally right around the corner it's not far at all and uh no when, it's coming up soon i'm excited when does your elk season start it's after the antelope there in october a little bit later in october later so. october elk okay. and deer yep elk and deer well archery season opens up earlier in september we can hunt archery for deer and elk and stuff and my hubby will probably get out some archery hunting my dad's camp is is archery hunting elk so that's september but 
for rifle, it'll be in October. Okay. All right. A lot of times we, we don't do a lot of archery hunting for the elk where we're at here because it's so hot. And when you go back in hiking into the mountains and you get an elk down, it can be difficult to get that animal out before it spoils Yeah. when it's that hot. So sometimes if it looks like it's going to be too hot, we'll wait and we'll, we'll hunt them more in rifle season just because it's colder and we don't, we have more time to get them out of their, out of those mountains. But so you're not necessarily hunting the bugle. You're just, no, no, not when, usually. Yeah. Hunting. Okay. Hunting whenever you get the chance We're to hunt good. and the weather's right. Yep. Hmm. Yes, exactly. My dad's camp is all the fun bugling. It's like a, it's like a glorified version of turkey hunting. <laughs> yeah. We get to go out and we, we use all the calls. You get to hear the cows and the bulls and it's fun. It's really fun to do that. And his area where he hunts, if they get an elk down, even if it's hot, we can get it out. There's quite a few of us in that camp and there's enough people. It's not quite as far back in and you can get them out in time. But some of the places where we hunt here are so rugged, there's a risk of not getting your animal out. And that would just, that for us, the meat is essential. That's that's the main reason we're out there. We want that meat. We live, our families live on that meat, and it's it's very important to us, and we can't risk it spoiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, Cameron, did you have any other questions for Lindsay before we cut her loose? I hate to even, the thought of cutting her loose, because I want to pick her brain for about another three hours today. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make me very happy uh, to, that we've got to cut ties and let her get on with her day, but you have anything else for? No, I think that's it. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I enjoy discussing this topic with you. It's It's been a fun, fun episode. Well, yeah. thank you guys. I really enjoyed talking with you as well, and I appreciate you asking me to come on. Yeah, well, let's do it again sometime soon. It, it was a lot of fun, and, you know, just you guys out west are so blessed in that you've got so many different species that you can hunt, and the hunting's good you've got lots of public land so there's lots of opportunities to get out and chase those animals and it is beautiful out where you are i mean just it is gorgeous we're so blessed we're so spoiled and i try i try not to take it for granted i try to really i try to remember how blessed i am and to get out and enjoy it as much as i possibly can yeah and if it weren't for you know a five month long winter I would. Right. There is that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you'd probably see me there. I'd be living out in but that you area know, somewhere. <laughs> during that five month winter, then you can hunt those predators. <laughs> well, that's There's something true. to hunt then, too. Yeah. That's you true. You've got to really bundle up. Yeah. And, you know, this is coming from the guy who is inside his house with the air conditioner running in Alabama, sweating. Oh, yeah. I bet and it's hot there. I can't stand. I mean, I just don't do heat very well, but a five-month-long winter is just too much. But it's all right. It's not, it's not made for everybody, and this heat's not made that's for everybody true. either. So that's why we're spread all around. <laughs> no, you can have that heat. I'll take the snowy drifts and, yeah. Yeah, and that just makes me shudder just hearing you say it. The snowy drifts. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome thank you yeah. so much again i really appreciate it you guys listening please be sure to go out and check out Lindsay's website huntfiber.com and follow her on social media reach out to her let her know you heard her on the turkey hunter podcast and you know i i don't want to volunteer her too much but she's an open book and she's always happy to help out and and, you know if you guys have any questions feel free to reach out to her and i know she'd love to hear from you so Lindsay, thank you thanks again Lindsay. thank you guys you have a great day you too 
All right, goodbye. All right, I hope that you guys enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun, and I, I seriously, I had probably another hour and a half to two hours worth oh, of yeah. questions and answers from Lindsay that I could have kept going on my end, and I, you probably had the same on your end, but who wants to listen to a six- or eight-hour-long podcast? I mean, it's us this talking, one, so... This one, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> listen to this one sure. I, I i just enjoy it. you know i love talking to people who hunt out west and not just like hey i'm going to hunt you know in montana or oregon or washington for a week or 10 days and then i'm coming back to mississippi or georgia i mean i do like talking to people that do that but the people who live out there and hunt who do it all winter long like Lindsay does all fall long like Lindsay does and into the spring like Lindsay does I mean mm -hmm. I can talk to them for hours because their menu of animals to hunt is very long and yeah I mean they they get to hunt all year almost I mean I don't know what yeah. I guess maybe the summer months of June and July maybe there isn't something to be on lookout for but pretty much all year <laughs> Yeah, well, and then you get some great trout fishing in those two months. Well, and the, I really envy the amount of land they have to hunt. I mean, they have millions and millions of acres that they can just backpack miles into and, and live out there for a week hunting, you know? I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it right, is. Right by their hometown. I mean, you can't go anywhere out in, you know, western Montana or whatever and, and be less than 30 minutes from hundreds of thousands of acres of public land, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that, that's pretty cool, but, but you have to be in shape to hunt that stuff. <laughs> no doubt. The public land typically in nice flat uh, cow pastures walking around, you know. You're right about that. Yeah, she, she's, she's a machine in the fitness world oh, and the hunting yeah. world too. I mean, I think she would walk and hunt me and you in the dirt out there. I mean, oh, yeah. It, and, you know, she, we work out a good bit. But she's like, she really is big time into fitness. And, you know, she told us the reason she does it is hunting. The reason that Cameron and I do it is hunting. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a fact. Well, we talked to her a lot about her workout routines and stuff. Why don't you tell the listeners what you do in the off season and leading up to the season and during turkey season to keep your Adonis-like figure yes. year-round. Yes, and those of you who listen to the show who have met me, you know I am very cut. I mean, when you think of somebody who, you know, is just ripped, cut, shredded muscles, you know, the steroid, typical steroid yeah. stereotype type person, that's me. That's yeah, me to a I've, T. My oh. first question when I met you was, you know, how long have you been training under Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that was one of my top questions I asked you. All five foot nine of me and 155 pounds. Just, yeah, ripped. So, and, and that's the thing. Hey, but you, I mean, I've hunted with you. You don't run anywhere, but you deliberately can keep going mile after mile, mountain after mountain. I can guarantee any listener that. At least oh, you used to. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, okay. 
I'm going to answer your question, and then then we're going to talk about that for a split second because I want to hear what you do. For me, when I go to the gym, and by the way, I have not been to the gym itself in, well, since middle of February. I, I laid off then because I got super, super busy with work. You guys have heard me say it, working 12, 14, 16-hour days. And so when I would normally wake up at 5.30 in the morning, throw on shorts and a t-shirt and go to the gym and work out, I'm now throwing on shorts and a t-shirt and going downstairs in my home office to work. So that's been going on for a few months. But my normal workout, and I'm a morning workout guy because I never know what my afternoons, evenings, and nights are going to be like. So if I get my workout done in the morning, it's done. I don't have to worry about anything else. And I work out upper body only with weights. The reason being is years ago when I first started hitting the gym again, I would do upper and lower body. And what I realized is with my lower body workouts, I was working out muscle groups that I don't need and doing workouts with, you know, that were giving me a range of motion that I don't use. So what I started doing was weights, upper body only, and lower body with my cardio is where I get my lower body workout. So I do a lot, a lot of the stair machine. Mm. I do a lot and now of stadiums. Yeah, I mean, you, you, that's about as lifelike as it gets for going hunting. It is. And, Arkansas and it, mountains, North Carolina mountains. Yeah, and it works. Alabama hills. <laughs> It works the muscles that we use to walk because yeah. you're walking or running, you know, however you're doing the stairs or stair climber, whatever it is. And so for me, it's shoulders, biceps. I don't do forearms, even though I probably should, because it would help me with handling the gun and being able to hold the gun for a longer period of time. And, you know, I do bench press. I don't do any crunches anymore or sit-ups anymore, but I do get a little bit of ab workout and just working my core and, and really, you know, doing planks and doing things like that are so much better for you and do a great job of working your, your abs and your core out. I'll do, as far as my back, I'll do the butterfly press. I'll, you know, and, and now because I'm not spending a lot of time working out, I've got resistance bands that I use and yeah. I've, I've actually got them on my chair in my office, like underneath the base of my chair. And, you know, I'll do things just like holding onto the handles of the resistance bands and just lifting my arms straight out. And I can do that while I'm on the speakerphone with somebody for 15 so, or 20 minutes. I'm imagining you have one hand with the band doing a bicep curl while your shoulders holding the phone making a sale meanwhile you're filling out documents doing a mortgage on the computer well you know i don't feel like i'm doing as much as i did when i was at the gym and, and i probably am not because the opportunities are limited but that that's it for me and i i'll be 50 this year i am nowhere near as fast as i used to be i was never i used to run track and uh, really all through school, elementary school, junior high and high school, I am a natural runner. I piss off a lot of people when 
I run with them because I'm not I'm not your speed guy anymore. I was never really that speed guy when I was young, but I'll run with you for hours. It just it's just natural for me. I, I don't know what it is. So when I go to the woods, I'm usually not running. Yes, I may have to run to get up to the top of a hill to beat a turkey from coming up to the top of that same hill. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I beat them, sometimes I don't. But I will, if you want to run to the top of the hill, I'll meet you there. You'll be there, no doubt. I'll get there. I might be five seconds behind you. I might be 20 seconds in front of you. I may be 10 minutes behind you. But if you run up that hill and we get up there and there's another one off in the distance and you've just spent everything that you had climbing that one or running up that one, I'll see you later. I'm going up the next one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just, you deliberately move in the correct direction and very consistent and you could just keep going all day. It's, it's When I'm hunting with you, that's what it seems like. Yeah, and it's, and it's not, it's one step after another and... For me, like in Minnesota, climbing those hills, I I just don't have to stop to get yeah. to the top of it. And, you know, Chip and John are hunting with me, and they stopped two or three times climbing, climbing the same hill at the same pace that I was walking to get up to the top of the hill. It's just, yeah. I, I'm just not going to stop. That hill's not going to stop me. And, you know, I think part of it for me, too, is... It's not just knowing that, okay, there's a turkey gobbling up on top of that hill or I need to get on top of that hill to where I can hear one gobbling, but it's a lot of it has got to do with the explorer in me. Mm -hmm. I want to see what's at the top of that hill. Yeah. What's the backside look like? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So that's, that's it for me, you know, cardio, I mean, daily, bare minimum, bare minimum, 15 minutes, you know, if I go hard a good hard 15 minute cardio is is good enough mm-hmm. you know my days of wanting to be an olympian are over so yeah. i do what you, i need to do y'all eat healthy in your household too we do yeah. so you heard Lindsay mention that she has hashimoto's my wife also has hashimoto's huh. so we have very little very little if any bread in this house at all i'm not even a big bread fan period but my wife loves to cook. I love to eat what she cooks. And so, you know, she cooks healthy because it's good for her. And she knows because heart disease runs in my family that it's good for me too. And this week, she wants to keep me around. Next week, she may feed me fried chicken, fried fish, <laughs> fried pork. Kind of haste this thing up a Fried little bit. cereal. Yeah, but this week, she wants to keep me around. So, you know, yeah. we do. I've, we we eat healthy. Yeah, I've noticed when I've eaten at your house with y'all, it's typically, you know, really good food, but it's like Lindsay said, you know, whole foods, not many ingredients, and it's it's just going to be, a, you know, nice amount of protein and a good meal. So mm-hmm. I've noticed that just a few times I've eaten at your house. So tell me what, you, what you're doing, because I, you know, when, when I first met you and you were in college, <laughs> you were not, not... Look, you've always been in good shape. You're an athlete. <laughs> I was not in good shape in college. <laughs> but you weren't like, you weren't as, I guess, defined. You, you know, you didn't have the, the, you'd not been working out with weights. It's probably no. the best way to say it. I hadn't exercised at all and I was over consuming in calories by quite a bit. So. <laughs> yeah. But what have you done 
to get into shape because you know you have toned up a good bit you've never been overweight as far as i you know as yeah. far as i know but you've toned up and you know you you are that guy that will beat me to the top of the mountain or top of the hill and be ready to go up the next one too and and i like that but what i don't do, know about do that because I, I know the last time we hunted together in arkansas i would kind of be whooping you up a hill and then i'd have to stop and take a break and you'd just be trucking along and catch up and then i'd go back up further and then i'd be taking a break and you'd truck along catch up <laughs> so i will not stop i will not stop you, you consistently went up the mountain and i like took it in bursts <laughs> yeah which whatever we both ended up at the top about the same time so <laughs> um but i guess when i got out of college and started i i have an office job now you know financial advising so i'm not out swinging a hammer or something every day so I, I just felt like i needed i was like if i don't start exercising i'm gonna get like huge because i'm just sitting around most day you know mm -hmm. and also i just felt real sluggish a lot of days and i so so i'm also a morning person first thing i do when i open my eyes is get dressed and go to the gym and literally if you can get past like the first two weeks to a month of it you'll start noticing like your day is so much better like productivity brain oh, yeah. function everything is so much better like focus. my mood yeah your focus yeah. i mean it, it it's it, it's life altering yes yeah so i do a lot of i kind of cycle so i'm pretty much a turkey hunter now i duck hunting stuff too you don't you know duck hunting you're usually sitting in a boat chunking decoys and then you stay in a blind so it's not like you have to be in absurd shape for duck hunting i mean uh, granted if you're gonna have public land you may have a long walk or something but i'm training for turkey hunting that's the main reason i'm going to the gym so when turkey season ends so right now i'm basically weightlifting and doing some cardio so i i'm following a push pull legs push pull legs rest strategy because i like working out i really do mm -hmm. and so it's you know if you hate working out you could easily do three days a week and just work your whole body you know but i like it so i'd rather go six days so by push day i mean that's your chest and triceps and shoulders all the pushing motions you know mm -hmm. bench press overhead press uh skull crusher pull day mm -hmm. would be you know rowing deadlifting back exercises and bicep exercises and then i do legs and so you know all kind of squats front squats lunges i think lunges are one of the best exercises you can do for training for turkey hunting and climbing mountains mm -hmm. that is a similar motion to what climbing a hill is going to look like but then so that's my schedule right now i'm, I'm almost all weightlifting, and i will say like i had to go get coronavirus tested the other day hmm. i'm not doing any cardio but i you know this past week on wednesday i did four sets of 15 on back squat you know that's pretty intense so i had to get tested so they took my heart rate no cardio right now and the doctor was like hey you're at a." she said man you must be in really good running shape i was like no nah, not really and she said, well, your heart rate's at 52 beats a minute dang dude yeah you are you alive yeah so <laughs> I'm pretty chill anyway, but, um, that just showed me that, you know, doing weights is also conditioning my heart rate Yes, and I can feel it. You know, when you do a, a hard set with weights, I mean, you can feel your heart rate ramp up. And I mm -hmm. think, I think you're basically doing interval training. Like Lindsay talked about where you're going hard for a few seconds and then you kind of slow it down and then you go hard for a few, you know, a minute or so. 
Yeah. So it, it's the same as that. So that's what I'm doing right now. But when turkey season's on the horizon, it's usually January 1 when that hits. That's when I'm like, all right, time to get in turkey season shape. So I change my routine up to where I'm doing a lot of the Stairmaster. I, like you said, you cannot beat that. No. And I'll usually start out on it with just, you know, just cranking out, walking up, walking up, walking up. And then when I'm getting good at it, I'll throw on a weighted vest mm-hmm. and do that. Cause I mean, that's about, it's about the equivalent of carrying a shotgun and all my gear I'm going to carry. So I'll throw that in. I'll start doing that three to four times a week as well as doing my weightlifting. But I don't, you know, if I was working out for an hour and a half with weights, I'll drop that down to 45 minutes with weights and 35 minutes with Stairmaster. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I change it up. And another thing, I think one of my biggest fears in life is a week before turkey season, I'm going to be doing a squat and break my leg or something. <laughs> and so I like, I get really paranoid like three months before turkey season. Like, I'm so scared I'm going to injure myself that I'm like taking it real easy. <laughs> Because I'm like, hey, I could probably be in better shape, but I'm not going to be worth anything if I have two broken legs. So I don't know. I kind of change things up because of I'm paranoid of that fear. And uh, But I have definitely noticed like these past couple of years turkey hunting, now that I'm exercising, oh my gosh, it is so much better. Yeah. I mean, your heart's not about to come out of your chest when you get to the top. You can go, if you need to call right, right. when you top out, you're ready. Like when we went to North Carolina, when I was in college, like I I was like bent over on my knees about to die every time we'd hit the top, you know? So Mm -hmm. I just, and it's my motivating factor. I mean, when I'm, when I think about it, I'm like, Hey, if I go hunt the same woods and there's 10 other people in there and there's a bird four miles in, I want to be the first guy there and maybe the only guy there, you know? Yeah. So and, that's what I'm know, doing. On the on the cardio side and, and we're talking about climbing hills, on the cardio side, you know, I think all of us are going to get out of breath mm-hmm. climbing a hill, no matter how steep it is or how slow or how fast we go up that hill. Well, I shouldn't say how slow because you could take a step every fifteen minutes and you wouldn't get out of breath or shouldn't get out of breath. But you know, to get up to it just walking a normal pace up a hill to get to the top, we're going to be out of breath. But that cardio helps you to recover so much faster. Yeah. And so, you know, that's it with me. You know, I'm not stopping climbing that hill. The reason I'm not stopping climbing that hill is because I don't need to recover. I don't Mm -hmm. need to take time to recover. When I get to the top of the hill, I can take 15, 20, 30 seconds and recover at that point in time. And you're right. You know, if, if I'm not, when I get to the top of the hill, if I'm not out of breath and need three minutes, four minutes to recover, well, now I've already gone over to where I need to sit, to set up. I've called, you know, it just, it's the biggest difference. And, you know, we, we talked about buds a few weeks ago when we had buds on the show, all he does is cardio. He doesn't do weights, but to me, the weights, you know, because how many times have you had to turn on a tree? So now your gun's not resting on your knee anymore and you're (laughs) holding that gun to your shoulder. How many times have you done that? And you know, the turkeys never come right in when you're holding the gun without a rest, without a prop. They seem to know that you're doing it and they take even more time. 
20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To where if you even blink, he's going to see you, you know. But you can't see his head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the muscle fatigue's kicking in and on and on. And for me, the weights helps with that and and makes a big difference. Yeah. I just, you, you can go, you know, turkey hunting. I don't really need chest muscles probably as much as I do my legs, but I can't, I'm not going to go to the gym six days a week and and, and do legs. You know, you got to give your muscle time to recover. So why not go those other days and train other parts of your body? (laughs) Yeah. So I I think, but yeah, cardio, I I did forget to mention when it gets closer, not only am I doing the stair climber on days I don't do the stair climber, I'll do a steady state cardio of, you know, I'll set the treadmill on like a nice, you know, quick jog, I'd say. I'm not sprinting, but I'm a nice pace jog, get my heart rate up. And, you know, week one, I'll do 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Week two, I'll do 30 minutes. Week three, I'll do 35 minutes. And I'll get up to where I'm doing an hour at, at the same speed I was doing week one. And that way I'm pushing myself every week to go, you know, all right, five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes. Mm-hmm. And it your body gets used to it and adapts. And then when you're, I mean, I literally... <laughs> When I'm turkey hunting here before work, if I go to spot A and I get in there and listen and nothing gobbles and, you know, I have other spots nearby and I'm two miles in, I will literally run back to my car. Like I'm talking run the whole way and get in the car and go to the next spot. Yeah. That's just how I do it. So, you know, other other people would hunt those woods out for their one hour they have, but like I got an hour. I'm wanting to find a gobbling turkey to kill. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so I'll sprint out, drive to the next spot, and run into where I need to be there, you know? Yeah. And so that, that gives me the capability to be able to do that off-season exercise. So yeah, I definitely suggest it for our listeners. I think, you know, if you're interested in exercising and you don't know really where to start or something, feel free to reach out to Andy or I, and we can, you know, tell you some exercises we do or, you know, give you a, here's what I'm doing on Monday, you know, why don't you try it? Yeah. I don't mind doing that one bit. So feel free to reach out with anything like that. Yeah. It's without a doubt made me a better hunter. Oh, no, no doubt. You know, you'll never know it, but there's always potential. If the turkey's on top of the mountain and you're coming up one side, there may have been somebody on the other side, but they stopped to take a break and you killed him. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know? Yep. I can't say it's happened, but you can't say it happened. So (laughs) that's right. I want to be as prepared and as good as i can be and being healthy and physically able i think gives me a a, another advantage over the other hunters because lord knows i need them yeah i need every advantage i can get without a doubt so so, do you do you take any vitamins that you'd suggest people maybe take well that's a good question i don't take any vitamins i do use a protein supplement post workout Mm -hmm. and Years ago, gosh, it's been, I bet you it's been 25, yeah, probably pretty darn close to it. 25 years ago, I quit doing caffeine. So I don't do any pre-workout, um, you know, I, I don't even know what the things are called, but any any pre-workout drink or anything like that, because those primarily have caffeine in them. And, you know, caffeine, as we know, speeds up your heart rate. But it also enlarges your arteries. Hmm. So it increases your blood flow. So you get a better workout if you have some caffeine prior to your workout. 
but I don't, since I don't do caffeine, I don't do any of those pre-workout drinks, but I do protein afterwards. And I, I can tell you it has effects on my body. Does it help me build muscle? I, I can't say no, but I can't say that it helps tremendously for me. I learned several years ago, a lot of years ago, I am never going to be that guy. I'm never going to be 5'9 and 175 or 180 pounds and just be all muscle. It's not in my genetics. Mm-hmm. But saying that, you know, I'm not really doing the protein to, well, I'm doing protein primarily to help build muscle and to help my muscle recovery after workout. Yeah, that's what but, I was going to say. It helps you recover. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not doing protein and weight gainer to try to add muscle mass onto my body because you're not trying to get small, bro. Well, I can't do it. I've tried in the past. I tried when I was in college. I tried after college. I tried even 10 years ago and I cannot do it. What it does, it puts weight on me, but it gives me a gut. Mm. It's the weirdest thing, but it's just that increased caloric intake and... It's not going to muscle, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing, doing the protein supplements or protein drink after a workout, it does help me to recover quicker and it makes my hair and my fingernails grow like crazy. <laughs> That's an interesting, uh, interesting side effect. <laughs> so I haven't experienced it personally. Yeah. So, you know, my, the three hairs on top of my head are have to be cut frequently and my my beard grows very quickly and i have long fingernails <laughs> there you go more than you wanted to know do you do any pre or post workout yeah drinks or i do a pre-workout drink just to get that caffeine like you said because i you know i love caffeine because i'll drink a whole pot of coffee throughout the day but I do a pre-workout as soon as i wake up then i go exercise and then i also do a protein shake right after i finish and I also take creatine, and I just mm-hmm. put a scoop of that in with my protein. And I know, I don't know, when I was in high school, everybody you know thought that was some kind of steroid or something. Yeah. But if you research it, I mean, doctors will, like, prescribe creatine to, like, old ladies to help them retain muscle mass. It helps the, um, keeps your muscles hydrated is one of the biggest benefits of it. And I feel like it, it also helps with my recovery. Mm-hmm. And... I like it. I've I've really liked taking the creatine. So you can do your own research on that if you don't believe me or whatever. And, you know, definitely do your own research on all this. But I do protein, creatine. And then I also take, you know, like a multivitamin and fish oil and vitamin C. Yeah. So that's just for immune system health. But that's about all I do. And it's been working for me here lately. And I cycle weight a lot during turkey season. I typically lose 20 to 25 pounds. And I've already gained all that plus some <laughs> since it ended. So yeah, yeah. I, I cycle between a off season. I'm usually in the 180s to 190 pound range, and then turkey season. I usually get down to about 165. Okay. So I just think that lighter frame helps me move further. Yeah, it does. It so. makes a big difference. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. Well, I think we uh, we may need to wrap this thing up. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. <laughs> We're. My clock says over two hours, so it's been a been a long one, but it's been a good one. And you know, I, I enjoyed hearing what you do to stay yeah. in shape and to get ready. 
you know, you kind of amp things up before season and that's cool. My mind stays the same, you know, before season, after season, my workout. I mean, I say it stays the same. I don't really do anything any different. I don't amp things up or anything like that. But again, I'm yeah. twice your age. So, you know, I have to, to think about these things going yeah. forward now because, you know, you, you, you are afraid of breaking a leg doing a squat. I'm afraid of tripping doing the Stairmaster and, you know, getting my foot hung in the machine. So, well, Sounds good. Um, I think that was a great episode, and I think there's a lot to take from it. Yeah, cool. So since I did it last week, you give us a favor of the week this week. The favor of the week this week is going to be to we'll do Andy's old go-to. Like or share this episode. I'm going to post it on Instagram with a picture of Lindsay. You can easily direct message that to people. Andy's going to post it on Twitter, retweet it, comment on it, like it. And I believe it's also going to be on our Facebook. So take this episode. If you think there's somebody who you know is planning on a big elk hunt or a big game hunt that's going to be physically demanding or even a turkey hunt for next year, send them this episode. Say, hey, you may want to check this out. This is a good way to get in shape and get ready for your big hunt. So that's the favor of the week. Very good. All right. Well, I don't believe we have any housekeeping to do. So let's wrap this thing up and... Start working on next week's episode. What do you say? I'm in. Okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.